Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Indianapolis. Welcome to the show, Kent Ritter. Hey, Victor. Thanks for having me back on the show. Well, great to have you again. Well, it's been a while since you were last on the show. I'm going to say at least two years ago. A lot's changed. Um, we're going to talk about lots changing the economy, a lot's changed for your company as well. But before we dive into the details, maybe for those who haven't met you, give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Yeah, happy to. So to dive back uh, a little bit, a few years, you know, I started real estate's a second career for me as I find uh, it is for many. And I started my career as a management consultant. I was flying around the country, helping people uh, helping businesses solve problems. And that was great for, you know, first, you know, six, seven, eight years. During that time, started my own management consulting firm. You know, we decided that uh, as we grew that, grew that to about 30 million in revenue, then decided in about 2015, it was the right time to exit. It was a balance of really me developing uh, a family, getting married, having a couple of kids, not wanting to travel all the time. You know, and also just wanting to to pursue something that would give me more uh, time freedom. I mean, consulting is the epitome of trading time for dollars. And so, really, as I exited that, I said, "Okay, well, what's next?" And that's really what led me to real estate because real estate I felt was that path to you know, not only good financial returns, but that that balance that I wanted, the ability to be home with the family, you know, be the type of father that was around uh, and wasn't working all the time uh, or traveling all the time, at least. And also build that that kind of independence and yeah, just that freedom to be able to, you know, pursue uh, a great life and the kind of life I wanted to live. And so got into real estate, started really like a lot of people do with the things you're familiar with, right? I knew folks that had single family rentals. I knew folks that were doing fix and flips. And so I started there and I learned a lot of lessons, right? And those strategies didn't work for me because at the end of the day, they weren't scalable. They weren't tax efficient. Uh, there was a lot of things. And so I had some great mentors who led me to multifamily real estate and some great mentors that led me uh, on to how to syndicate multifamily real estate and how to put together deals and, and allow other people to come in and join me. Uh, and that really was is what allowed me to grow to the point where we launched Hudson Investing in 2019. And then from there, we've acquired $118 million in assets. Uh, we're currently building our first uh, $18 million project. And yeah, we're really just just off to the races and have a lot of fun doing it now. I love it. It's an interesting journey because there's no one career path into this. Uh, you know, I came from the world of high tech. I know speaking with someone last week who came from riding BMX bikes, uh, there's just no one prescribed path. So that's awesome. One of the things that I've found is that a lot of people come into the world of real estate thinking that real estate is one of these funny things like almost a black art and the ones that are truly successful are the ones that actually come into it understanding business and they just have to make a small course correction to apply those basic business principles to the world of real estate and it's the ones that lack 
those that bit that deeper business understanding of of marketing and sales and negotiation and systems and all of the things that are necessary to run a scalable business they're the ones that really struggle yeah i agree i think that just having you know real estate is a business like, like anything else um you know our projects uh, really are many businesses not really so many not many actually it's it's sizable businesses in and of themselves each individual one and so each one requires i think that skill set you described to be successful right you have to be good at marketing you have to be good at accounting and keeping the books you have to be a good project manager and, and good at operations uh there's so many aspects uh that you have to really either understand yourself or put a team around you of experts uh, to be successful. Absolutely. So you've gone from the world of value add investing, and you're now doing your very first development project, where my company is active in development, and we're probably 90% new construction, new development. Why? What did you see that made you go in that direction, especially now? Yeah, great question. And it's not uh it's not a one or the other. It's really a both. And it's really about creating it was about for me a couple of things. One, you know, I'm a lifelong learner and I love to take on new projects and so it was something that was new. I knew it would give me a new perspective and I knew it would make me a better all all around real estate investor to have the perspective of looking at a project from the ground up understanding you know construction more holistically in the development process uh just you know another feather in the cap right and and it really has made me a better all-around real estate investor like even on our value add deals now i look at construction in a very different way and construction management and and con- construction contracting and um so it was just a wealth of education um but outside of that, for just my personal growth, it was really about you know diversifying and creating another strategy within Hudson Investing. And man, it was great that we did that because you know we've all heard in the news real estate transactions are down. You know, I hear anywhere from sixty to seventy percent this year. I mean, it's been a slower year than we expected from a transaction standpoint. Uh, slower year for many. And this new development that we we kicked off this year, you know, has really helped the business. And so it's just the importance of having some diversity in your your income streams as well and your your types of projects that you're able to do. Yeah, I agree with that uh, tremendously. And 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 I like what you said about broadening the skill set and just strengthening overall. And I, and I actually found that when we made the transition from simpler projects, we did it more incrementally. So for example, we started doing very deep value adds uh, to the point where we were keeping the historic facade of buildings and mm-hmm. putting a new building on the inside. And then and then we would increase density. And then we would, you know, every step of the way, we would take on one more new thing until the point where today we're doing, you know, thousands of acres of just ground up entitlement work, converting land, from agricultural to entire master plan communities. And if we had tried to do that in one step, would have been absolute suicide. But mm-hmm. it was that incremental learning process of taking on a new skill set with each project that really enabled us to go through that through that growth. So 
today uh, you're looking at new development. So how did you decide, given that this is your first project, how to position that new product? Where did you see the gap in the market? Uh, because when you're starting from a blank sheet of paper, you can do anything. You can say, I could, you know, I'm going to take a piece of land and put it to its highest and best use. I've determined that this is it. This is what the market needs. How did you do that? That's a good question. So really, we we did it by really intimately understanding the market and and that was how we identified the need. And we we did that because we had been an owner in the market for several years. And so the way that we got into this new development was we actually owned a property right next door uh, that we had we bought as a value add deal, right? And we we owned that for several years. And there were four acres of vacant land next to the property. And because I knew the market well, I knew the demand well, I knew that our our project from a value add perspective had gone incredibly well. We had blown our our rental assumptions out of the water. Demand was high. So I I, I had a very clear picture that there was a need for more multifamily in the market. And then it became, you know, what type of multifamily? And and that again was just through really having a good understanding of the market. And then you know, I'd say particularly the sub-market where the property was, but also the surrounding area and what was happening. What I had noticed in the past few years, and the reason that I bought the first property was because I knew that this, what was a small town, which was really being swallowed up by the larger city, was right in the middle of the path of progress. Uh, when you see the larger developments that are happening, we see where the infrastructure is being built out, you know, such as roads and uh, electricity and and uti- all the utilities, uh, we're all building in that direction. And so, I, as I looked around, I said, you know, this area—it's a fantastic area. There's good restaurants moving in. There's trendy bars moving in. You know, it's really on that front end of that growth curve. When you look around, there's really only. I would call it C-class properties in this little town that historically have been there. But if you look 10 minutes away, you have some of the nicest A-class properties in the city. And so really when I looked at it, I saw an opportunity to draw folks out of the hustle and bustle of the city and into more of a small town environment for folks that want to be able to walk down Main Street, you know, and walk five minutes to the local brewery or to to a local pizza joint or restaurant, have that small town, Midwestern kind of intimate feel, but with the level of finish that they would expect, you know, from being downtown or from being in one of the nicer suburbs. And so the idea was to really be the first to this market with a nicer class of product, uh, with the vision that we could pull people out of the hustle and bustle of the city. I don't want to deal with the traffic and the parking and all that. Want that small town feel, but want a higher level of finish. And that was really the vision for the project. As a developer, one of the questions that we often, I won't say struggle with, but we pay a lot of attention to is how much to amenitize the project mm-hmm. and what are the right amenities? Because you know, in an environment where it is competitive, the amenities arms race is absolutely alive and well. You're the first, so you don't have a lot of points of comparison. But if you're successful, you can bet that someone else will copy you, and there'll there'll be a game of one-upsmanship in terms of amenities. Have you given thought to what that amenities package looks like and how to evolve that amenities package over time if you need to? 
We have. Yeah, we've thought about that very closely. And the thing, you know, the problem with amenities is they always become a commodity, right? Everybody gets a pool, everybody gets a dog washing station, everybody gets a whatever the next thing is. The thing that I loved about this property is it it, it was an infill site. It's the only the only decent acreage uh kind of within the town limits. And the prop literally main street literally dead ended into the land. And so uh, what I saw was this vision where we could run main street through the property and really create this additional main street corridor, this really cool walkable area that would be unique and the only one that could be created because of the land, all the land around it had been developed. Uh, and it was really just this unique situation where this this parcel, which had been owned for a long time by a gentleman uh, who just had no desire to develop it, uh, let it you know just let it sit there. And so, what I thought about from amenities were what are what are the things that you can't create and can't you know commoditize? And it's it's the location and the walkability, um, and that the fact that we're on Main Street in that feel. And so that's what we did with the building. So as we created this main street corridor where we negotiated with the town to run main street right through the middle uh, and really have these two long buildings that run either side, kind of creating this corridor and this really cool kind of tree line street uh, that blends right into uh, where main street and kind of the commercial areas pick up. And so I really felt like that was a unique aspect that couldn't be duplicated. I love that. I think that's brilliant. So, Kent, if uh, folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Yeah, you can uh, you can go to HudsonInvesting.com. That, that's our website and our home base. Uh, if you want to check out projects we're working on, uh, if you'd like to connect with me, uh, you, know, you can find me on LinkedIn, just Kent Ritter, very active. Um, those are the best ways, I think, to get directly to me. Well, love what you're doing and love watching your journey. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Kent Ritter. His company is HudsonInvesting.com. The link will be in the show notes or reach out to him directly on LinkedIn. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.